Drive All Night is supported by listeners like you. To find out how you can help, please visit patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus. There you'll learn what exciting rewards we're offering for your support. Again, that's patreon.com slash songsoftoriamus to help us continue to make high quality and Torytainment for you. There were times when um, we would just roll pretty much for 48 hours. And, you know, you take cat naps, but when the muse is visiting you and it's so exciting, you just can't stop yourself. Then there were days when musicians would just be sitting around for a, at least a couple of days at a time because I'd just be looking up around, around, um, um, you know, parked Range Rovers or minis or whatever I could say and go, where are you? begging the muse to come because I just didn't have, you know when she comes. I mean, I can sing the songs and they're okay, but when the muse comes, I always try and wait to record the song um, when she comes through. It really is about an outside force that comes through and I, I align with it and together we pull it through. But she just doesn't show up all the time. Hey everybody, you're listening to Drive All Night, the songs of Tori Amos. We are your hosts, I'm Efren Jr. And I'm David Anderson. And on today's episode, we're talking about Do It Again, a B-side from Tori's fourth album, From the Choir Girl Hotel. How's it going? It's going pretty well. I'm ready to do it again, even though I don't remember doing it the first time. You don't remember doing it the first time? Not really. David, we've done this at least 50 times. How can you not remember? They all blend together into one big happy memory. Aw. Nice save, buddy. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Can we talk about current events for a second? Well, current events on the day that we release the episode or the day that we record the episode? And should we give a caveat? Sure. I think you just did. <laughs> I mean, we're trying to get a ton of episodes in the can, and who knows when this will come out. Well, I'm willing to say that this event is evergreen, and it will remain current okay. for years to come. I love that song. Evergreen? Yeah, and the Tori Amos wedding bootleg? Yes. <laughs> I love that we have a Tori Amos wedding bootleg. And when you say something like that, I'm like, "Mm mm-hmm, yes, exactly. I know exactly what you mean. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Have you heard about this Celine Dion biopic that premiered at Cannes? I have not. Well, it is unofficial. 
It is unauthorized and unlicensed. And so it is based on the life of Celine Dion, but because she wasn't participating, it is called Eileen. Eileen. Yes. <laughs> Eileen Dion. Uh-huh. And the writer-director is 57 years old, and she plays Celine Dion at every age, including five. Shut up. And they have rendered this woman's face onto the body of a child so she can play her at every age. And <laughs> You're lying. I'm not lying. I Quit would n- telling me lies. I would not make something like this up. So I think we need to consider a Tori biopic, perhaps called Tony, if we can't get her on board. Tony Olmos. Yes, Tony Olmos, with her hit single, Quiet for a Long Time. And I think you and I can both play her. We can switch off. Maybe mm. it can be like palindromes. Not only can we play her at every age, but we'll also change the actor in the middle with no explanation whatsoever. Absolutely. And I'll be Tori at five, like going to the Peabody. You can be YKTR Tori or Tori of your choice. No, no, I request only two Tories. Okay. I want to be Tori when she's with the band, every time she appears with a band. Okay. And I want to be Tori when she was writing Caudalite Sneeze. And I want to improv my lines for that scene. Thank you. You mean like from the EPK? No, when she's writing it, you know, when she's coming up with the words. All right, which we didn't have any visibility to, or (laughs) we have no idea what that looked like. So we'll just make it up. That's why I'm going to have to improv. Oh, can you give me a taste of it right now? Yes. Ah, look at that beautiful building. Oh, God. Building. I fell right for it. Building. You fell right for it. I did. Can I tell you something else about Caudalite Sneeze now that you've brought it up? Sure. I was thinking about this yesterday. We're still, you know, waiting to hear... Yesterday when this episode releases or yesterday when we record? Both. (laughs) Time isn't linear. Just checking. Right. Oh, yeah. It's a montage. Our lives are a montage. Yeah. I was thinking about, you know, while we're sitting here waiting for Tory news, tour news... If she does tour, are there going to be certain songs that will not be included in her set list because suddenly they seem like they're in poor taste? Cotolite Sneeze, for example. I mean, I get what you're saying. Like, if she had a song that used the word pandemic, then maybe. Because pretty good year. Someone tweeted, it's still been a pretty good year. And then I was like, oh my God, should I retweet that? Like, has it been for everybody? I don't want to offend anybody, you know. But maybe that's the one song that she doesn't play anymore. Sorry, David. Well, it's happened before. On Strange Little Tour, she declined to play it. People would request pretty good year. And she was like, you know what? I don't think 2001 is the year for that, understandably. So I can imagine Tori 2021-22 having her own version of the band clear channel songs from 2001 her own songs that she will not be playing and they include pretty good year caudalite sneeze i don't know can you think of any others um do you think if she performs precious things she's gonna feel bad about singing sick sick and change it no can you believe that be well i don't know i don't think that she would think of her own song in that context but you never know she might yeah her songs take shape in many different ways on every tour something is changing and things are reshaping and reforming so I'm very curious to know what the set lists are going to be like. As long as I can get the songs that I want, I'm happy. Okay. Well, that's generous of you. As long as I get what I want. I think that's a general <laughs> problem that we're all dealing with right now. Everyone's in it for themselves. Thank you. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you for noticing. <laughs> How have you been? I've been pretty well. Good. I'm glad to hear it. Yeah. I've been good too, but it's fine. Would you give me a second? <laughs> Just kidding. We're blowing through these Choir Girl B-sides. There aren't many left. There aren't. Yeah. And I wouldn't say we're blowing through them. I would say we're walking gracefully, kind of traipsing Okay, we're walking, yes. slowly we're, strolling We're through slowly them. strolling through Tordor, running our hands over the furniture, just taking notice of everything. I'm going to miss this creepy dark place. Me too. 
It's been a thorough exploration. Do you feel like you've explored and been explored thoroughly? I always have felt that, yes. Um, But particularly on this journey, I, again, so far have increased. It's shocking for me to realize, but like my love for Choir Girl has only deepened. Is that even possible? I never thought it could be deeper. I know. That's how I felt when we ended the Pele season. Is like, this is an album that I love and have loved for years. But now I love it even more. After like really taking the time and going through it, same with Choir Girl. I just feel so bonded and connected to it that, I, yeah, I love it. Yeah. Not that there's any song that's bad, of course. But like even the songs that I didn't necessarily feel connected to, I feel connected to now. Like Playboy Mommy was never something I was really connected to. But now I just have like such a deep love for it. So, yeah, I don't want to leave. I don't want to leave Torador. But guess what? We get to go to space soon. And I've always been a space traveler. But we can always come back. It doesn't cease to exist just when we leave it, you know? Are you sure? Yeah, I am sure. like a (laughs) two-year-old. Right. You have no object permanence. Yeah. Tori plays peekaboo with you at meet and greets, and you're like, oh, my God, the woman just disappeared. Ah! (laughs) It's very exciting for me. Every time. So... When was your first time hearing Do It Again, and how do you feel about this song? Well, that is a good question, and it's a good question every time you ask it. Thank you. I'll put it into my regular rotation of questions. You should. I only wish my answers were just as good every time, but this is what you're going to get. I will go into the story in more detail. I think I'm going to save it. Save it for cooling. Save it. But um, I had to choose on the day. Oh. I had to make a David's choice between the limited edition single of Spark and the regular edition of Spark. And I went with the limited edition so that I could have cooling right away. Who was playing King Solomon with your Tori Miss singles? I know. Luckily, there were two. So we didn't have to cut one in half or even think about cutting one in half. So I chose the limited edition so I could have cooling right away. And of course, that also featured Do It Again. Mm-hmm. So, correct me if I'm wrong, is this the first studio Tori cover that has a full band arrangement? Anytime she's covered a song in the past, it's been piano only, right? Well, this is the first song, this is the first studio cover that has this band arrangement, but of course there's Ring My Bell, which has a band. And if you want to count If Six Was Nine, I think that maybe there's another player on there, but... As far as Do It Again is concerned, it's wild, it's raucous, it is amazing. It is. It's loose, it's jammy, it's fun, it's sexy. It has to me. Just keep giving more adjectives, David. Okay. Give it more. Masculine? Yeah, it's butch. It's hard. I think this is like a good taste of the dudes jamming with Tori in the studio. Yeah. And like one of their first moments. It's unhinged. Is it unhinged? Uh yeah, it is. <laughs> That's unhinged, yeah. And then do it again. <laughs> yes, it's unhinged. It's wild. I love it. Me too. I love it. I love everything about it. When was the first time you heard it? The day the single came out, when I got an opportunity to purchase both, no one made me make a choice. <laughs> and you created your own opportunity. Yeah. I find it shocking to think that there were more Tori Amos Spark singles in the warehouse music in Albuquerque, New Mexico, than there were at whatever Tower Records you bought it from in Los Angeles. I went to an independent store. Even back then, I was supporting independent oh. retailers. Oh, good for you. Probably because they were willing to break street date. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Selfish. I loved it. I loved it from the jump. Still to this day, love it so much. It is probably my favorite, favorite Tori Amos cover. Really? This is your number one favorite Tori cover? Honestly, as we sit here today, I haven't been this excited to talk about a song since Hotel because I love it. 
Vita. Mm. Although I wouldn't put it as my favorite Tori Amos song, I think it's definitely my favorite Tori Amos cover. I'm talking studio covers, not like live covers. Yeah. I didn't realize you held this song in such high regard. I feel like we need an updated sound cue for when we hit a cover that's in your top five. Can it be You Go, Strange Little Girl? (laughs) No, it's someone else covering You Go, Girl. It's just someone else saying You Go, Girl. Okay. Can it be a 57-year-old playing a child? (laughs) Okay. (laughs) With a French accent. Here we go. You go. Girl. Should we talk about what's happening on this episode? What's happening? Well, every time we reach a cover, every time we do a cover song in the Tori Miss Chronology, we like to bring in a super fan of the original band. And we're going to do it again today by talking to Thomas Irwin. He is a Steely Dan fan, and I found him on Steely Dan Fans on Facebook. We need more rhyming. If you're wondering if we can, yes, we have. We found the man, a Steely Dan fan. His name is Thomas Irwin, and he's going to be here to talk about Steely Dan and to school us on the song Do It Again. Mm-hmm. We'd also like to say hello to to our Patreon supporters. Hi. Hi. Welcome back to the family, Marianne Donna Rama. Indiana Rama. Can you hear me, Mary? Mary. And Donna Rama. And Donna Rama. Mary. <laughs> Hello to Jody Rogstad. Do you think Jody wears a hat even though it hasn't rained for six days like a maniac? <laughs> it's probably a very fashionable hat is why Jody wore that hat. Yeah, but is that what people say when they see someone wearing a hat? Like, why is she wearing that hat? It hasn't rained for six days. For six days? <laughs> Hello to perhaps the most bizarre name for a patron we've ever had. You ready for this name? I don't know. That's quite a lead-in. Hello, David Anderson. What? Did you finally become a patron of your own podcast? (laughs) I feel like I have stared directly into the eye of the universe and now it's going to collapse. It's like two Elizabeth shoes and Back to the Future 2. Yes, exactly. I'm young! I'm old! Well, the only reason I know this isn't you is because this came in as a British pound. Hello, David. Hello, Mm -hmm. David Anderson. The part of David Anderson will now be played by Elizabeth Shue. Hello to new patron Ryan Aji or Edgy. I know where my Edgy is, and it bleeds into where you resist. I thought you were going to go with here on the Edgy of the moon. Hmm, that's beautiful. Hello to new patron Michelle Davis. Michelle's for her. Oh, Michelle's for us. Hello to new patron MC. Just MC. I'm not sure MC what. You know, like MC Scat Cat. Right. Because they can't MC what you're born to be. Oh. Love it. And last but definitely not least, hello to new patron Rob K. Are you K? Are you Rob? I'm Rob K when everything is not okay. It's a secret to life. Write that down. I'm Rob K. And as always, thanks to all of our Patreon supporters, new and less new. We love you all. Thank you so much. Thank you, India. And finally, without further ado, Shay Stymack, our archivist, librarian, historian, bookkeeper, accountant, electrician, stenographer, personal chef, candy maker, Shay Stymack. We couldn't do this again if Shay didn't do it again. Well, we know Shay's no high climber. You know Shay's no high climber. It's like the one thing that's not on her resume. (laughs) Thanks, Shay. We're going to start this episode with a classic cover of Do It Again by a band named Steely Dan. Now, this is their cover of Tori Amos' Do It Again, but they did it, like, earlier than she did. So it's it's weird, like, chronology of it, but, like, they did it before her. Like, they covered her own song in advance. Yeah. And it was just, it's kind of, like, strange. It's something that happens in, like, music, you know, like, music business. This is just consistent with our theme this episode of Time Not Being Linear. Exactly. It's, like, no big deal. Somehow the cover version of this song came out before the original. It's, like, 
like just publishing, you know, like publishing and music rights, et cetera, et cetera, ASCAP, things like that. Things you have no idea about. We don't have time to explain. It just is how it happened. Isn't this actually the plot of Avengers Endgame? I haven't seen it, but that's my understanding. Sounds like it to me. began to understand the songs themselves were pretty adamant that this was not just um, instruments being put around the piano. It had to be fully integrated. There had to be a tension between the instruments and a relationship. And the piano really kind of, you know, sat me down and said, I am capable of playing with other players. I am capable of having to hold my own. And um, I knew we'd have to really practice hard to play with with the caliber of players that I wanted to play with. But there's no, there's nothing that gets you off more as a musician than playing with people that you respect. You know, there's no drug that gives you that. There's nothing. It's just like I can't wait to play with them tonight. I mean, I just wait till we get through the day so that at 9, 10 o'clock, we take stage. And these, these guys, I just look at them and I say, wow, I'm so back saying, I want to see what you do with the others before I come. <laughs> Welcome back, David. How was your break? It was lovely. I'm really glad to hear that. And you? Me? It was great. Thank you. I'm beginning to think that you don't really care about me. You're just waiting for me to ask you back so you can answer. <laughs> that is offensive, first of all. And accurate. It's not accurate. I care about you a great deal. Thank you. Likewise. Wow. Now I'm beginning to think that you're just saying that because I said it first. No, no, no. <sighs> Tell me where Do It Again appears. Do It Again appears on the Spark CD single UK Part 2, released on April 20th, 1998. The end? 
That's it. It doesn't appear anywhere else on any physical media Yeah. in her entire career. Yeah. This song is elusive, but you know what's funny? Over the past year or so, the original Steely Dan version has been stalking me. I hear it in public all the time in stores. Same. Same. Do you? Yeah. There's this bar in downtown LA called the Escondite that we used to go to because it was the only outdoor establishment with a huge parking lot that you could sit at and eat. It's like in their regular rotation of like Muzak. I don't know. Like every time we're there, we hear Do It Again. And I always say, oh, you know, just an amazing cover of this song. And everyone's like, yeah, Tori Amos, we heard it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I hear it a shocking amount too. And I never heard it. I don't think I heard it at all. Like in, you know, 99, 98, 99, when I would have been on the lookout for it. So why it's suddenly appearing, I don't know. I had never heard it before I heard Tori's cover. Hearing Tori's cover was the first exposure I had to this song. What about you? Tori's cover? Yeah. To my knowledge, maybe it's been on in the background or something when I was a kid, but it didn't register with me. So I Mm -hmm. think Tori's version was the first time I'd heard it. Yeah. I was not a Steely Dan fan. You know, hard to say because her version bears little resemblance to the original. And I still wouldn't be able to recognize the original at the first note, you know? Like, oh, it's Do It Again. I I still, like, have to wait till they get to the chorus. Mm -hmm. And I'm like, oh, it's Do It Again. Right. Again. The studio version just seems fun to me so i'm a little surprised that they didn't work this up on plugged the band what do you think yeah oh me too me too and i feel like when kelly akashi was requesting it on the scarlet's walk tour she's obviously requesting it with a band you know Mm -hmm. because it is a moment where they and again she doesn't put players on the singles for some reason so we can assume it's matt chamberlain on the drums because that's the setup but like we won't know who the bass player is that bass line that amazing bass line boom 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 you know that line? Uh, That's got to be George Porter, right? I would think so. Got to be. And the guitar, is that Caton? Is that any of the other guitarists that were in that session? I don't know. And it haunts me, David, because I love it so much. It'll haunt us for the rest of our lives. And then being such an amazing song, even though it's a cover, I know she didn't write it and I know there's licensing, but like, why is it on a piano? I think you just answered your own question. <laughs> So do you imagine that Tori is a Steely Dan fan? Why this song? And why the radical reworking, Mm -hmm. you know? Because she kind of made it sexy. Kind of? I mean, she made it sexy. And it's not a sexy song as far as I've heard it. I don't get turned on by it. Do you? Mm -hmm. Let me check. No. (laughs) Would you put it on in the background of your lovemaking? The original My Love Making? The original. Well, I like the sentiment of it for lovemaking. If it's good, you should do it again. But I don't think, no, as a soundtrack, just sonically, this would be my first choice. What would be your first choice, sonically, in your boudoir? Uh, Maybe Depeche Mode, actually. Really? Which Depeche Mode album? Are you talking about Songs of Faith and Devotion? Actually, that would be a good choice, but my favorite is Ultra, the follow-up album. Yeah. It's dark and sexy. It's pretty mellow. I always reach for the Weeknd's original trilogy album, or... If it's a particularly sad lovemaking session, Lana Del Rey, she fits the bill. You want to be crying during your lovemaking? You want like thick mascara running down your cheeks? You're like, feet don't fail me now. First of all, I hate the phrase lovemaking and I can't believe that I used it. I know. And then I kept saying it because I couldn't let it go. I know. And now we're here. 
Do It Again is a song composed by Walter Becker and Donald Fagan, performed by American rock group Steely Dan, which was released as a single from their 1972 debut album, Can't Buy a Thrill. The single version differed from the album version, shortening the intro and outro and omitting the organ solo. Mm. Released in 1972, the song debuted on the Billboard Hot 100 on November 18th, 1972, and reached number six on the U.S. charts in 1973, making it Steely Dan's second highest charting single. The song features an electric sitar solo by Denny Diaz. The plastic organ solo by Donald Fagan was performed on a Yamaha YC30 with a sliding pitch bending control. Hmm. David Palmer fronted the band during their live show and sang Do It Again when the group played the Midnight Special in February 1973. Donald Fagan sang the vocal on the album version. Ooh, that's wild. Can we get our Steely Dan superfan to school us on the name of the band itself? And if there's any meaning to it? Yes. Let's ask the question, what does Steely Dan mean? What do you think it means? Let's do our theories before we ask. Does it simply refer to like a hard and steely man named Dan, short for Daniel? Is Steely Dan, is Dan an acronym for Drive All Night? Oh, they like predicted it? Yeah. How they like pre-covered the song? Right. Yeah, that's interesting. My guess is that someone had a steel guitar that they named Dan, Mm. and it was called Steely Dan. Mm. That's my guess. Is that silly? Is that Steely Dan? Is that Silly Dan? Is that that (laughs) Silly Dan? Is it a reference to a kleptomaniac named Dan? Steely Dan? Oh. (laughs) This looks like the work of Steely Dan, even though it's spelled the wrong way. Maybe when Walter Becker met Donald Fagan, he thought it was Danald. Mm, Danald? (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> yeah, and maybe Donald Fagan was like a brick house, so he's like, oh, you're like a steely Dan. He's like, it's actually Don. He's a brick. Don. Anyhow, I can't wait to find out because now I'm invested. Me too. Should we just he- get into some quick notable cover versions? Yes, I would love to know how they compare. Exactly, because to see what Tori's done with this song, we have to see what other people did with the song, right? Yeah. Okay, and since there's nothing else to play in this other versions section. We're gonna do the covers. In 1980, Waylon Jennings released a version of the song on his album, Music Man. Roll it, Oliver. When you know she's no high climb, then you find your only friend in a room with your two time and you're sure you're near the end. Then you love a little wild one and she brings you only sorrow. In 1983, Italian group Clubhouse released Do It Again Medley with Billie Jean, a mashup medley of the track with Michael Jackson's Billie Jean. The song peaked at number 79 in Australia. Roll it, Oliver. And then someone else did a cover of that version, a group called Slingshot. They covered it here. Austrian singer Falco, who we know primarily from Amadeus, right? His big hit, Amadeus. It rocked us. Rock me. It rocked us all through the 80s. Austrian singer Falco covered the song in 1988 on his album Wienerblatt. 
I'm going to need a German speaker. Could you jump in here and translate I, that for me? Uh, thank you. Thank you for assuming that I can do it. I can. A commoner might think that Wienerblut translates to Wiener blood. However, in Wien means in Vienna. And so Wienerblut must mean the blood of the Viennese or Viennese blood. Thank you very much. And that version was released as a single. Um, excuse me, you didn't say roll it, Oliver. Oh, roll it, Oliver. In 1997, Paul Hardcastle offered his version from the album cover to cover one year before Ms. Amos herself. Mm. Roll it, Oliver. Oh, you're talking to Oliver. I'm so glad that you're talking to Oliver because most people think I'm making him up as a no. person. Please. He's our sound man. Yes. But you know what's distressing is that on the Wikipedia page of Do It Again, they do not list Tori Amos, her version, under cover version. So I will be editing that later today. That seems like an oversight. A major oversight. It seems like someone's doing it maliciously. Yeah. It seems like someone deleted it. This is a hate crime. We get Paul Hardcastle, but not Tori Amos. You want to read this quote from Melody Maker on May 28th, 1994? Mm Mm-hmm. Tori Amos says, I remember when I was 12, there was this girl called Wendy who was 14 and beautiful, and we idolized her. It was Wendy Williams. Was it? it? How you doing? (laughs) Yeah. She split that summer, ran off to find Bruce Springsteen. In her mind, he'd written Born to Run about the two of them. I felt like doing something like that a lot, even when I was really young. I heard the Steely Dan track when I was at the Peabody Institute, and I knew I was missing something because they weren't teaching us this. I was really young, but I was still thinking, where are these people who experiment like this? Where do they live? And do they have a spare bed and a teddy bear? She wanted to go live with Steely Dan. I love that. That was a good find. Thanks, Shay. Thanks, Shay. I mean, it's the same way that we all wanted to run away with Tori and, like, be on the road with her. We all, and some of us did. Still do. And some of us are going to in the spring in Europe. It's just the same idea. Who are these people and how do they live like this? Where is this woman who experiments like this? Where does she live and does she have a chaise and Coke Zero on tap? And a bubble chair? You know, I'm from the avant-garde school. Yes, I do know that. But I like that little bit of evidence hinting at the fact that Tori does have some history with Steely mm-hmm. Dan. It's not mm-hmm. completely out of left mm-hmm. field. Or even if it was, she had her mid out ready to catch it. Yeah. Well, that's the only quote we have in reference to Tori Amos and Steely Dan. So now that we've gone through this section, should we do it again? I suppose we should. Do It Again appears on the Spark CD single UK Part 2 released on April 20th, 1998. And it never, <laughs> it never appears again in the rest of her career. Interesting, huh? Mm. New information. All right, well, should we do the line by line? Let's do it again. All right. In the morning, you go gunning for the man who stole your water. Now, it's interesting that we're analyzing these lyrics because they were written by Steely Dan, but her performance is so different. The whole song has been re-envisioned that I feel like they must mean something to her. Yeah, it's been deconstructed. How should we analyze them? Should we analyze them as Steely Daniel intended or as Tori Amos intended? (laughs) 
I don't know. Can we split the difference? What if Steely Dan was the masculine version of Danielle Steele, the romance novelist? Hmm. Are we sure they aren't? I'm not sure. We'll find out when we talk to Thomas. What's Danielle Steele's most famous novel? I don't want to get her confused with Judith Krantz, who wrote Scruples. I love that game, Scruples, though, that board game. You remember that? You do? I mean, I used to love it. I like Balderdash. Oh, Balderdash. Can I just tell you, up until this moment, I thought it was Wallet. Really? Until this moment? Yeah. I've never wow. looked up the actual lyrics before, and it sounded to me, or I guess because it made sense, to have your wallet uh-huh. stolen. <laughs> I'm going to love this line by line. Mm-hmm. I can't wait. So what did you think? In the morning, you go gunning for the man who stole your wallet. I thought you got mugged. Yeah, you're hunting down someone who like stole something important to you. Yeah, I think that... and I didn't think it was my canteen. I think it's more like your life water. My life water that floweth out of me? Yeah, your blood. For the man who stole your water, like the thing that you need the most. I hope it wasn't my smart water, because that's expensive. It is expensive. But I think in the Steely Dan version, I'm guessing that it's... And I'm, we'll ask Thomas later, but I'm guessing it's the person who stole your woman, you know? I don't know. This seems... I almost feel like... Would you kill someone who stole your water and not just get more water? I, I feel like there's like a deserty western landscape vibe to this song. So I think it could actually just be water. Okay, fine. They stole his water, his canteen. He woke up, and now he's going to gun him down. Mm-hmm. All right, I'm into it. Okay. And you fight tears down and but they catch you at the border. And you fire till he is done in, but they catch you at the border. So you've shot him. You found him. You got your canteen back. You killed him. Yep. And now they're catching you at the border. Justice has been served. Free borders. Free Britney and free borders. Um, And the mourners are all singing as they drag you by your feet. So what are they singing? Swing low, sweet chariot. Amazing grace. Oh, maybe. Good choice. So are the mourners mourning the man that was shot? I think so, because why else would they be mourners? Yeah, there's like townspeople. I'm getting a very past the mission vibe. What about you? Mm, Interesting. I was going to say, I feel like this 70s kind of singer-songwriter vibe very much informed Scarlet's walk. And I can hear Mm. pieces of this kind of storytelling in Don't Make Me Come to Vegas or Sweet Sangria, maybe. Yeah, in that moment where she's like, I know you know every desperado and sharpshooter mm-hmm. in the West. Yeah, maybe you're right. But the high man is and they put you on the street. But the hangman isn't hanging and they put you on the street. So you got caught because you shot the person who stole your water. But the hangman is no longer executing today. Execution's over. Mm-hmm. So they turn you away. He's off duty and they just release you. Perfect. It's like when you're driving from New Mexico to California and you have to go through border check and they're like, border check's closed today. Just keep going. Oh, I love that. Me too. You're like, I can smuggle all the fruit that I want. I don't have to deal with a racist border patrol. Mm-hmm. So obviously this is a lucky person, right? Like he's lucked out already. He's got good luck. Is that how you see it? Yeah, he's got nine lives. Yeah. He slips through your fingers. Cast this man. Who would you put in the role of this man? Colin Farrell. I I had a weird feeling you were going to say that. Really? Yeah. Or like, I don't know, Javier Bardem. 
Oh, that's a good one. I would do Gael Garcia Bernal. Mm. Is that just because he's everywhere promoting old right now? No, I haven't seen him everywhere. I don't watch television, David. (laughs) Current television. Or Cheyenne Jackson. That's a left turn. You know, I like to cast against type. Let's go. I feel like Tori was saying, let's go a lot in this era, right? Let's go. I know she was trying to keep us motivated. I find it tiresome. I don't respond to that kind of coaching. <laughs> Let's go. Like, I don't like to be bullied and motivated. I need like a gentle encouragement. Really? Yeah. <laughs> like if she did Raspberry Swirl back to back, let's do it again. It's like, okay, we just went. I know. Where are we going now? Can't we relax for a second? <laughs> right. We just got here. Let's take in the view. you go since there are no official lyrics actually for this song not i mean this is obviously an addition steely dan wasn't screaming and you go let's go and you go do we agree that she's saying and you go yes i think she did so she's saying let's go and you go so is she remarking on her own power i think so Tori was very motivational in the late 90s mm-hmm. Everything was let's go, raspberry swirl, let's go. Do you think it was like the band behind her? She was rejuvenated? Yeah, maybe. She was saying, let's go, band. And they went and they came. Or was she just watching like a lot of Ricky Lake? She was like, you go. You go, Ricky. Ricky, Ricky. (laughs) Either or, I can't be sure. Well, you know she's no high climber. Well, you know she's no high climber. Which we have to say, since these are not her lyrics that she wrote, that is an alteration because this original Steely Dan lyric is when you know she's no high climber. Mm. Here, Tori, I feel saying, well, you know, she's no high climber. What is she? She settled. She has friends in low places. Yeah, she's like a, she's, you know, she'll get with anyone. I find that to mean she's not a gold digger. Oh, that's what you find it to mean? I guess I'm coloring that with the next line. Then you find your own friend in a room with your two-timer. Then you find your only friend in a room with your two-timer. Mm-hmm. So I feel like the she that's the not the high climber is also the two-timer. Yeah. Yeah. She's also a skilled rhymer. <laughs> she's no high climber, but she is a two-timer and a skilled rhymer. She's a two-timer rhymer. She's a high climber rhymer. Maybe Tori is the white Nina Cherry. <laughs> and you'll show you're at the end. And you're sure you're at the end. And that's also an alteration. The Steely Dan lyric is, and you're sure you're near the end, but Tori is at the end. Mm. She's always a step ahead. Yeah. So you're at the end, that like a, at the end of your rope, you're about to pop off again. Mm. You already lucked out from shooting that one guy who stole your water. Mm. Now you're going to shoot your two-timer. Is that what's happening? Mm-hmm. The end of your patience, the end of your tolerance. I don't know. But obviously he leaves her because this next line says... Then you love a little wild one. So obviously the two-timer is over. He dumped her. Gael Garcia Bernal dumped her ass. Because then he loved a little wild one. Mm-hmm. Who would you cast in the role of the little... Oh, oh, who would you cast in the role of the two-timer? And who would you cast in the role of the little wild one? Mm. And who would you cast in the role of the hangman? I would cast John Goodman in the role of the hangman. John Goodman? John, heck yeah. Why? I don't know, because he can get that like weird country, like intimidating energy. Mm. You know, like in a dark bar with like wearing all black. Interesting. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to cast an alternative John, John Hawks. As the hangman? Yeah. Who are you casting as the two-timer? Um, Emma Stone. Oh, Selma Hayek. Ooh. Who are you casting as the only friend? Are we both thinking Colin Hanks? 
Oh my God, <laughs> you read my mind. <laughs> to be fair, most of the time I'm thinking Colin Hanks. <laughs> this is going to be an amazing film. Okay. No, that's not true. I want us both to reveal at the same time who we're thinking of casting and then say in unison, Jean-Luc. Remember that coffee commercial from the 80s? We're like, who is that waiter? <laughs> Jean-Luc. I don't. <laughs> yes, you do. Before my time. That's iconic. Stop. Oh, my God. I don't remember that. I swear. Hand to Jesus. Are you serious? Hand to Hangman. I don't remember. You know, all the <laughs> Sorry. A- you make all the 80s same ad references I do. We can say New York City, get a rope without skipping a beat. So I thought you'd rope. be there with me on this one. <laughs> This brings back memories. <laughs> oh, these are great. What's this remind you of? Mm, tastes like vanilla, huh? Senior trip. Paris. The cafe! Yeah. Rich, creamy tasting coffee with a hint of vanilla flavor. New French vanilla cafe. I love this coffee. New from General Foods International Coffees. I loved that waiter. Jean Luc. <laughs> Who are you casting in the role of the little Wildwood? God damn it. I feel like I'm at theater camp checking the cast list. Get to it. In the role of the little wild one is little wild one herself, Aubrey Plaza. Oh, interesting. She is a little wild one. Mm -hmm. How about you? I'm casting Olivia Rodrigo in a cameo appearance. (laughs) She brings you only sorrow. She brings you only sorrow. That little one brings you only sorrow. All the time you know she's smiling, you'll be on your knees tomorrow. How do you take that? Like begging for her to come back? Or she's the one in the power position in this relationship? I think it's that. She's the little wild one. Yeah, she's a little wild one. She brings you only sorrow, mm-hmm. but you still would do anything for her. Like and you're you, crawling on your knees because that phone is not ringing. You know, if we asked Tori about the song, she was like, that's the moment. That was when I found my way into this song. I was the woman in power mm-hmm. who had the man on his knees. <laughs> and I do it again. I believe it. Yeah, I do it again. Pop, pop, pop. You know that TikTok? No. Oh, my God. You think I know a TikTok video when my most recent reference is a coffee commercial from 1988? Well, unfortunately, you're right. But You guys, my dad literally just got punched in the face for being a Trump supporter. Like, that was it. Just for being a Trump supporter. And I'd do it again. Bop, bop, bop. <laughs> You go back, Jack, and do it again. This is a lucky man. I don't know this. I'm getting like a sense of a guy who is just like a, he's a survivor. He's like Don Quixote. He's in a picaresque novel. He's a hero. He's on a journey. Is that what you're getting? Yeah. I just feel like he's a, he's a smooth criminal. He's got good luck. He can Ooh. always find his way out of a pickle. I feel like I've been hit by, I've been struck by. A smooth operator. Ooh, a mashup. <laughs> Wheel turning round and round. To me, that's life. Mm. I know it's a very deep interpretation, but that's life. It's the Wheel of Fortune on the tarot card. Is it the big wheel that turns your fantasy? Oh, my God, it is. Who's Jack? Calling him Jack just makes me feel like we're in an old Western movie, you know? 
agreed. This out, like this outlaw, yeah. this bandit, Jack. Yeah, I feel like we're we have a, a straw in our teeth, like a little hay in our teeth. Can you see me <laughs> right cowboy now? Cowboy hat, it's hot. I mean, yeah, I was just describing you. You're supposed to tell me when I have something in my teeth. swear and kick and beg us that you're not a gambling man mm. then you find you're back in vegas with a handle in your hand is a handle a gun a handle i think is the slot machine i've always taken it as a slot machine mm. personally what about you that makes sense because he's like i'm not a gambling man but obviously you are so is this man falling on hard times is this man because now he's being duplicitous or he's like it seems like maybe he's a gambling addict like he's like i'm not a gambling man but then he can't leave vegas alone yeah he's just involved in all kinds of illicit activity yeah like the smoky back rooms like he's illegal gambling like vegas before it became legal mm-hmm. i see it Your black cards will make you money, so you hide them when you're able. Mm, he's cheating. Oh, he's a cheating man. I love it. But I still am rooting for him. Aren't you rooting he's for him? He's got an ace up his sleeve. Yeah, he's an anti-hero. Oh, my God. I love a bad boy. You sure do. I do. I'm not going to lie. I'm going to deny what everybody knows. You are a gambling man. You and gamble with your men. You're a man who gambles with men. In the land of milk and honey, boy, you must put them on the table. You know, this was the moment when Tori was like, let me put my Torisian stamp on it. Boy, there you go. <laughs> yeah, she added the boy. Boy. What does that mean? Now it feels like the omniscient observer is saying like, you got to put them on the table. Like you can't be this way your whole life. Show your cards. Yeah. Literally and figuratively. Yeah. You go back, Jack, do it again. That's a chorus that can go into infinity. Wheel turning round, sweet boy. Steely Dan surprisingly does not say that. Mm -hmm. They do not say that. She added sweet boy. But that is like literally my favorite part of the song. Just the belting. Do it again. Well, turning round, sweet boy. Go the control she has on her voice, yeah. the command she has over the entire band at that moment, to me, that is the pinnacle of this song, which is my favorite Tori Miss cover with a band or cover at all, cover studio. When she gets that kind of chesty howl, which might be my porn star yes. name, chesty howl, <laughs> I feel like that's very dewdrop in style vocal work mm -hmm. that we didn't mm -hmm. really get in the studio other than this song. Mm -hmm. She belts, but not quite this way. 
Yeah, it changed in 96. And I, when I was doing the Flying Dutchman episode recently, I was listening to the 94 versions of Flying Dutchman. And she has those moments where she soars, you know, at the end. Mm-hmm. And I played a lot of them in that episode. But when we got to like 96 and 98, like the resonance in her chest and the way she was controlling it was different. Mm-hmm. And it was so much richer and howlier, for lack of a better term. But yes. Yes. Release the bootlegs. Yes. <laughs> Give us the live shows. <laughs> I thought we were going to say release the howls. That too. Release the but howls. Yeah. And that's where we end. And then she continues to mutter some things. What do you think she's saying here? come on it's me let's go or she's saying come on to me let's go or cling on to me or hold on to me i could hear all of those things me too i don't even think it matters because what i love about it is just the vocalizing i don't think she's really saying anything except for just like feeling in that moment you Mm -hmm. know like that's not planned out and i really like that and i really like i want more of that you know that to me is very shoegazy where it's like embedded in the in the music like it's just deep and you can not make it out really mm-hmm. i love that i love anytime she gets like layered in that specific way i love it i love it yeah it's all uh, about the feeling not necessarily the words it's kind of like stage blather this is her equivalent of peas and carrots peas and carrots peas and carrots yeah <laughs> yeah rutabaga 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 <laughs> oh rutabaga rutabaga suzanne vega suzanne vega suzanne vega <laughs> suzanne vega What's your favorite lyrical moment? Lyrical moment? I just think it's, can I pair it with my favorite vocal moment? No. No, you cannot. I mean, it could be the same thing. I'm going to ask your vocal moment. This is a rules-based show. It is rules-based. We have a format, David, and that format has proven to be adored by the listeners. Adored. Ava adored. I think I'll go with, you know she's no high climber, then you find your only friend in a room with your two-timer. I like the storytelling elements of the song, but that rhyme scheme is just pleasing to me. Right, your two-timer rhymer. Your two-timer rhymer. Yeah, what about you? I, too, have chosen a moment in the song where I feel the storytelling element is really clear. Now you swear and kick in Vegas that you're not a gambling man. Then you find you're back in Vegas with a handle in your hand. Mm. It's like, oh, my God, there's drama. There's conflict. And the rhyme is pleasing to me. Yeah, you know what I think? (laughs) I think trouble needs a home, girls. Oh, that whole video is this song. Yeah, kind of. Ding. You're right. What's your favorite vocal moment, David? Um, Yeah, it's just that belting. You go back, Jack, the do it again right from the chest. It's a punch. It's an aural punch. What about you? Love it. That too? Is that your favorite? I'm going to go there. Uh, That's probably my favorite, but that's tied for sure. We are in sync today. We're like, do it again. Yes. Colin Hanks. Jean-Luc. 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 I'm also fond of the beginning. This part. (laughs) That pulled me in from the beginning 
the very first moment I heard it, I'm like, yes, this is checking all my boxes. Mm. I've got this like incredible marching paranoid drum line, very militaristic, but also like like a little mm. sketched out, you know, like yeah. drama already in the drums. And then she's coming above it with a high note, which I really like. I, it's so pleasing to me. And I when know. I first heard it, it like swooped me in and like stole me away. And it's never given me back, David. It has never given me back. I almost feel like without saying actual words just her vocalizing she's being confrontational and mocking me a little bit so it feels like to me she's like yeah 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 <laughs> like when i talk to her that's what it sounds like and she's doing it back to me <laughs> i love it good one i also like at the end like you can hear her say the word beautifully mm-hmm. you know that part mm-hmm. beautifully. i love that i don't even know what the hell she's talking about beautifully mm, but he's he's a hot guy that she's like pulling away like come on and do it again let's Mm -hmm. do this again like she's drawing him in i think casting a spell drawing this man in yeah who would you cast as the card master in vegas the card master dingy poker hall probably rita rudner oh really Uh uh-huh interesting (laughs) all right i like unexpected casting I'm going to cast Dale Dickey. Do you know Dale Dickey? No. She was in Winter's Bone. She played the mother in Winter's Bone. Oh. Who would you cast as the woman that comes into the poker hall and says, come on, it's me. Let's go. Beautifully. Mm. Lady Gaga. And then he spends the rest of his life with her and changes his wily ways. Mm-hmm. You'd cast Lady Gaga in that role? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Fine, you go. Macy Rodman. Okay. <laughs> no bias whatsoever. Either you... You know you're in love with Lady Gaga. I know I'm not. You know you love her. I don't. All right. Should we listen to Yanta? All right. So he's added drums? Mm. Or is he doing the drums? Mm, I think he's used the actual drums. Maybe he's covering the drums. As if I wasn't already sketched out by these drums before. (laughs) (laughs) They're hypnotic and being lulled. If he's able to isolate the drums and the bass and the guitar, is he not isolating Tori's piano? You think so? You think this is a rare Yanta cheat? He probably programmed all this himself. He probably did every instrument somehow. This is manic, and I'm, my heart can't take it. I'm going to go get the guy who stole my water, too. I know. It's got a groove. You like the groove? Mm-hmm. Very repetitive. I'm, like, pursing my lips and bobbing my head, you know? Can you picture me sitting, yeah, on the porch of a saloon? Horses lazing around in the sun. Swatting flies away.
hard time convincing me that this is not just completely improv piano. I think it is. Moment. I just love that it's basically a different song. From the original? Yeah, and I love that they weren't just like, okay, let's figure out how we're going to work as a band unit. Let's cover the Steely Dan song and end up doing like a wedding band cover. It's completely reinvented. And that's so interesting because like a Tori Amos cover is always stripped down. It's like a stripped down version of a song. That really is the marker of a Tori cover. So this is one of the few times except for obviously like Heart of Gold or something like that. Happiness is a warm gun where she's like taking it up a notch, you know? Mm-hmm. That's definitely my favorite piano part. It's jazzy. something truly bizarre are you ready i suppose there's something about the atmosphere and the hiss there's almost like recording hiss but there's a lot going on in the sound of this song that almost reminds me of the way the soundtrack from the peanuts cartoon sounds it's almost like if the peanuts became hardened criminals this is what it would sound like interesting I saw a play once where they like all grown up and they had like had ended up having really bad lives. What did they all become? I can't recall. It was at Ed- Edinburgh Fringe 2015. I really was trying to bring it here to LA, but is that what Not the Red Baron is about? Song... Could Not the Red Baron be the soundtrack to that? Well, I think this song would have fit into that play, so mm-hmm. I hear it. You steal my water, Chuck. That was a cover by our friend Yanta. You can support him at patreon.com slash Yanta, where he's done almost every Tori Amos song. There's still some on his to-do list, but he's working on it. So go support him now. What was your favorite musical moment, David? I just love that shuffling rhythm. There's something kind of ominous about it. 
mm-hmm. and it lulls me yeah. into a trance. What do you think? I'm not going to choose that because there's something about that rhythm, that ominous rhythm that makes me very paranoid. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it makes me very like, and hearing it stripped out of everything, I don't know, like out of the vocals, away from the whole thing, it gave me a lot of anxiety. <laughs> I did not have the experience that I thought I was going to have. But I think that my favorite musical moment would be that little like plinking jazz where I noted it. That's probably my favorite. Um, and then following that right after, bing, 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 bing. You know that part? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Bing, bing, bing. That's my favorite. And then how like every 32 bars, there would be this like gruff, like bass guitar moment. Yes. There's like machinery grinding. Yeah. I did like that too. Good work. Good work, production team. If you want to check out other sheet music, you can go to figuratoryout.com. That is our friend Paul Roy's website. He collected over 20 years of transcriptions from the Yahoo group Figuratory Out. And now that the Yahoo group's closed down, they exist forever on figuratoryout.com. You have to become a member to get the transcriptions, but it's free to be a member. And that's so that they stay behind the same wall that they were originally behind in the Yahoo group. So do it now and then do it again. Do it now. Do it now for our good friend, Paul Roy Taylor. I want to love you, PRT. That was beautiful. Really, it was beautiful, David. Thank you. David, that was beautiful. No, no, I heard you. Receive it. <laughs> Receive it. Receive it, David. Receive it, David. <laughs> that was beautiful. We'll be right back with our new friend, Thomas Irwin, to find out all about Steely Dan. I love a new friend. But before that, here's Lacey Saunders and Greg Zink with their cover of Do It Again. Go back, Jack, do 
on the line, we have Thomas Irwin. He's a musician, podcaster, and Steely Dan fan out of Western Massachusetts. He's a musician under the name Niagara Moon, and he hosts a podcast called the Niagara Moon Podcast. Hi, Tom. Hey, how's it going? How's it going? We're so excited to have you. The first question we have off the bat is Steely Mm -hmm. Dan short for Steely Daniel. We need to know. Uh, I can tell you the the origins of the band name if you're curious. You might get a chuckle out of it. Okay, yes. Give it to us. Yes, please. (laughs) So from what I've surmised, Steely Dan is the name of a dildo from a William Burroughs novel. (laughs) Oh, really? Yep. That's shocking. So if that gives you a little indication of the uh, the band's kind of humor. Frankly, David, I'm shocked that you didn't come up with that as a suggestion. (laughs) Me too, and that's better than we could have hoped for. (laughs) So... Thomas, thank you so much for being with us. Tell us a little bit about you and then tell us a brief history of Steely Dan. Absolutely. So I am uh, primarily a musician going by the name Niagara Moon. I make like psych indie uh, baroque pop music. And uh, I also host that podcast, the Niagara Moon podcast. I love talking about albums from all kinds of artists. I'm kind of like a musical omnivore, but I generally like music that's really well produced and arranged. And I'm a fan of like kind of carefully crafted songwriting. And Steely Dan is uh, famous as one of those classic bands that really cares about the album experience and the recording process. They're famous for being perfectionists in the studio. Oh, wow. Um, And they have a very specific kind of high quality sound. So in terms of how I got into the band, it actually took me a little while. It wasn't until maybe my, my early 20s that I really started giving them more attention. The song Do It Again actually was one of my favorite Steely Dan songs that I first got into. It's off of the uh, the first album of theirs, Can't Buy a Thrill. And I, I feel like that album is is a good entry point into the band. It's it's kind of different from the rest of their, their catalog, and it's a little more straight ahead, just cool, like jazzy pop rock tunes. Mm-hmm. It's got singles like Reeling in the Years or whatever. Um, oh, that's Steely Dan? I know, yeah, that's, that's, I know that song. Uh, one of Steely Dan's biggest tracks, yeah. Uh-huh. yeah. And that's from the same album as Do It Again. So, uh, so I, I had always been aware of them, but I held off for a while while I was getting into lots of different artists because the jazz pop fusion element of their sound it gets bigger and bigger over their uh, career especially their main arc in the 70s they released a ton of albums from like 1972 to, to 1980 and um if you just kind of take a really quick glance at it and don't really dig into what they're doing it some people call it like elevator music it's it's very 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 glossily produced and there's this air that this feeling that like everything has to be absolutely perfect and a hundred different takes of every different part and years of editing and it's this kind of almost OCD like kind of quality of uh, just everything's got to be just so and just that the you know, they have huge studio budgets and um, they're just a kind of almost like fussy band but a lot of people really admire them for how high quality the the performances that you hear in a lot of their songs particularly when you get to albums like Aja in the later mm-hmm. part of the 70s and um, they're just like if you want to hear the best of like studio rock and jazz and pop fused together they're like uh you know, they're, they're one of the shining examples of that. Wow. Tell us about Steely Dan as a live act and how that kind of compares to the studio perfection and production that you're talking about. Sure. So during the band's initial run, when they made all these classic albums, they actually cut out touring halfway through the 70s. They just didn't want to bother anymore. And they wanted to focus completely on 
the studio recording and really just focus in on that. And then they broke up for a while. And then after they got back together, which was years and years later, like almost two decades, then they started performing live a lot again. And then they had their whole back catalog to perform. So I've never seen them live. I've seen a bit of footage of them performing live, like on YouTube or whatever. I mean, they go all out as much as you could with the, the live show, you know, to, to honor the quality of their albums. They still, they have a ton of different rotating performers. They have all the best kind of players. Um, they, they sound really good. They replicate their albums pretty well, I'd say. They're, they would be pretty exciting to see live, I think. Thomas, I so enjoy talking to fans of other bands, especially when I don't know anything about the band. So I purposely didn't really read about Steely Dan, but I'm under the impression that Steely Dan is like two guys. Am I wrong? So yeah, at their core, it's two main guys, Donald Fagan and Walter Becker. From most, well, most of the first album, Donald Fagan sings the songs. They had this other guy early on that sang on a few other tracks, but he he left after that first album. So it's Donald Fagan is kind of like the main component of the of the group. He he sings all the songs. He plays piano, keyboards, organ, and then Walter Becker plays bass. I believe he plays a little guitar. But throughout the course of their career, he's he plays on the songs less and less, and is more of just this like producer, creative overseer, main collaborator with Donald Fagan, and he probably. I don't know how the it breaks down in terms of who wrote, who wrote what lyrics, but I would guess he wrote a lot mm. of lyrics as well. So it's it's these two main guys that are kind of the captains of the ship. And as their budgets grew and, their, and they got more successful, they would just hire anybody who they wanted to play for any particular part of the song. And they would just churn through all these studio musicians, whether it was Los Angeles or New York. They'd just hire dozens and dozens of different people, depending on what they wanted. I mean, that makes sense because I was going to ask if they worked with a specific producer all of the time in terms of like keeping... Gary Katz. Gary Katz was one of their main producers. I don't know if there was one or two other people that factored into their, their main 70s run as well, but... Excellent. Well, you mentioned Do It Again as kind of a gateway song for you. Take us through your top three Steely Dan songs. Sure. So if we're talking about now, as I've you know gotten used to their <laughs> overly polished uh, jazz pop... <laughs> sound and really you know i i love all of their 70s albums now and then i guess gaucho is technically 1980 but i lo- i now love all the albums from their initial run but particular highlights for me are going to be my old school uh which is from the album countdown to ecstasy i think that's my favorite steely dan track mm. uh for a number of reasons and then i also really love their song deacon blues and uh for the third track i might say uh, time out of mind mm. It's so interesting to me that you said they're an album band. I love that description. You know, I was like skulking around the Steely Dan fan sites on Facebook. And I saw that they're, I guess, having some sort of like little tour upcoming. And people are like flying everywhere, David. People are flying everywhere, which <laughs> reminds me of something we call Tori Amos because Tori's going on tour in Europe next year and I'm doing the whole tour. Wow. Yeah. So it seems like a pretty fervent fan base. Would you, is that how you describe it? Oh, yeah. Them? Yeah. Yeah, people who are into Steely Dan are really into Steely Dan, and it's uh, the band is so unique, and they're so particular with like their whole vibe and their ethos and what they tried to do. That I, I think it's all the mo- like it's a particular kind of fan. I think they have a particular kind of tight knit community, and there's tons of inside jokes and memes. And uh, yeah, they're they're one of the more like lasting fan bases uh, for a '70s group, I'd say. Yeah, David, I'm telling you these. 
fans. I have I just joined I only joined one Steely Dan group and I'm getting constant notifications. I'm it's really <laughs> exciting because it's like kind of like I have two notifications, Tory fan groups and Steely Dan fan groups right now, so it's really interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, they sound like our people. Yeah, they, yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. All right, we're going to get to Have you heard the Tory Amos cover of Do It Again? I have. Talk to us about your feelings about that song. Or is there anything you need to know before you construct feelings or before you solidify your feelings? Would you like to know anything from um, our side? I mean, if you have tips, tricks, or thoughts, I mean, I'm, <laughs> I'm definitely open to hearing stuff. But I, I, de- I, you know, I, I took some notes, and I definitely um, thought of some things to say and some observations and okay, stuff. Okay, give it so to I'm, us. I'm happy to run with it. Give it to us, Thomas. All right. So I knew absolutely nothing about Tori Amos before listening to this cover. Really? I don't think I've ever even heard a Tori Amos song. I shouldn't say I don't know anything. I, I know kind of the era that she comes out of, and I know that everybody always compares her to, like, Fiona Apple, <laughs> uh, <laughs> who I only just got into recently as well. But It's like when you meet uh, someone from like another piano- country, and they, like, tell you what they think America is like. I love this. Keep yeah, going. Yeah, exactly. So I, I didn't know any of her songs, but I just had a very vague idea of, uh, okay, 90s singer-songwriter, probably piano player. Mm. So I put this this cover on. I didn't know initially when I listened to it uh, what year it was from, mm-hmm. but I, I guessed at what year it was from, and I was only uh, one year off. What'd you guess? I was like, oh, this sounds so, I, th- I thought this sounds so 1997, <laughs> and I guess it was released in 1998. It was actually recorded really, in 1997, released in 98, there yeah. There you go. <laughs> I heard a lot of contemporary influence mm. in her version. I mean, I, Portishead came to mind. Oh, Hmm. They're uh, a trip-hop group from oh, Bristol, England. Oh, yeah, we know Portishead. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Be- and so Beth Gibbons, I was getting a little mm-hmm. bit of that vibe. Interesting. Except she's, Beth Gibbons is a little more like... Uh, smoky. Kind of smoky, and in a good way, like in her own world, like she's coming from another plane sort of sound. Tori Amos sounds a little more, again, in a good way, like performative. Mm-hmm. So not not quite like Sarah Bareilles, but I feel like they're not too far from each other either. Interesting. Again, I'm basing all this off of only, where, only hearing it. one song. But, I love uh, it. I thought a little bit of that. I thought a little bit of Kate Bush, too, even though her little bit are lower register. Kate Bush might have been the, the other one that really came to mind for me. Interesting. So as to what I actually thought of the cover, I thought she interpreted the song excellently. I thought it was very true to the spirit of the song, yet very different from how the original sounds obviously so the moment of truth do you give it the steely dan thomas stamp of approval i give it the thomas approval i don't know if steely dan i don't know i really don't know how a more typical steely dan fans will would react to it <laughs> uh it, i i guess overall i i will say i i liked it i appreciated it um and you could also say i i have some mixed feelings but it's it's completely different it's a completely different song but it's still true to the to the spirit of uh the composition i think i'll take it what, um, what are your mixed feelings so st- what steely dan is all about is having a really glossy high quality sound virtuoso performances and slick songwriting they're very slick but they like to sing about losers and horrible situations and horrible people and addicts and perverts. And it's, it, they love this dichotomy of like slick, groovy, cool music about losers. And what Tori Amos did was she took this song that's basically about addiction and it can cover different kinds of addiction. Uh, in, this, in this song, it seems like uh, gambling or uh, just always having to seek revenge or being jealous, like all these different kind of original sins mm-hmm. 
So she removes all the slick, bossa nova, jazzy grooviness of the song and kind of presents you with a soundscape that's truer to what the lyrics are about. It's, it's, it's talking about just being caught in a cycle, doing it again, doing the same mm-hmm. self-destructive things over and over. And so in her version, it's this really, really repetitive, scary, ominous uh, like rhythm track going on the entire song. Mm-hmm. Uh, it reminded me also of like a David Lynch soundtrack in the Lost Highway soundtrack, so some movies he made in the 90s. It's just this very foreboding, ominous, just kind of dreadful soundscape. And that's really the mood of the lyrics. Like, it's totally valid to interpret them that way. So I thought that was really interesting and, and kind of different from what I was expecting. And then she does have things that, that come in and, and keep the song flowing here and there. You know, the, the piano is kind of interesting. I thought the piano built in an interesting way. So I said mixed feelings. Why do I have mixed feelings? I, I think it's artistically a very smart and, and interesting take on the song. And it is, it's a long song to begin with, and her version is six minutes, and it's doing it again. It's, it's all these same elements over and over and over in a lot of ways. And it's, it's, very, it's like a painting, maybe even like a Francis Bacon painting, where you admire it, but you're also kind of, you feel worse for consuming it in a way. <laughs> <laughs> so but that that can be art sometimes you know so yeah. it's just i yeah. uh i appreciated a lot about it but i don't i can't say that it was entirely pleasant to listen to because it wasn't coated with that sugary sweet mm. bossa nova jazzy groove feeling anymore it was just getting to the mm. kind of the core of the song and it was it was kind of so it was self-effacing in that way almost. oh to see your face the moment you heard her say ah, 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 ah. I, just <laughs> I wish i could have been there a fly on the wall I think David has a follow-up. Yeah. I love that comparison to a Francis Bacon painting. I think I'm going to take that with me, and I think that really you really captured what Tori's music is. Um, and I love some of the other comparisons, too, particularly Portishead, which I think is apt for Tori during this era. She was experimenting with a lot of electronica. I'm just curious. You mm. said you weren't really familiar with Tori, other than being, you know, obviously a female singer-songwriter from the 90s. Were you at yeah. all surprised when you heard, like, is this kind of what you would have expected with just sort of your broad knowledge of who she was as an artist, or was this surprising to you? It was a little surprising. It was a little surprising how electronic and, like, affected a lot of the sounds were. Uh, I mean, obviously, the the drums. I I didn't know. I thought she was more maybe folky, like uh, how Amy Mann can be. Mm. So that, but, I mean, the, the piano and the vocals were still very straightforward, cut through really cleanly but the rest of it i, I was surprised how uh, kind of experimental it sounded you know i'll take this half stamp of approval because you say you give it the thomas stamp but not the classic steely dan fan stamp and i was looking for you thomas i was letting the stars align so we could find you and there was at the same moment a thread in that steely dan fan group that was like are there any covers of steely dan songs that you like and everybody was like no there's no such thing as a good steely dan mm. cover so i was like i'm not gonna find anyone but no thank you for doing yeah. this and thank you for giving us your opinion absolutely and i think that you were spot on now talk to the people where they can find you online talk a little bit about your music tell the listeners everything about you where they can find your music so i am a songwriter singer composer arranger what have you under the name uh, niagara moon I have a few albums out. Uh, the most recent one is from last year called Fuzzy Thinking. 
And all those Niagara Moon albums are on pretty much any platform people want to listen to music. And uh, I'm in the finishing stages of my next follow-up album now, which which takes the sounds in an even uh, more kind of out there, orchestral, uh, vivacious direction. Uh, I also host a podcast called the Niagara Moon Podcast, which uh, I set up primarily just towards my own fan base, my moon dogs. They're, <laughs> they're the, folks, the first folks I have in mind, but... Uh, it's kind of evolved into talking about different albums of notes for a full episode, and I have lots of different guests on. I mean, it really runs the gamut. I mean, we talked about Steely Dan's Gaucho recently, but I mean, I also talk about uh, the band Yes and the Beatles and more modern stuff like uh, Father John Misty and Andy Schaff and mm. Bjork. And so I try to uh, try to fit a lot in there. You can find Thomas online everywhere at Niagara Moon and listen to his podcast. And here's a little bit of his music. Thanks, Thomas. Thank you. This is great. Let's call a spade a spade. No reason to pretend. Nothing but a stranger, you're talking like a friend You only want something, it's the only things you want I have done my homework, there's one thing you have not What could you offer me that I don't have You say you try to please Well, I just laugh What have you done for me Since we first met And really, honey, too Let's sleep on Posted to Really Deep Thoughts, May 1998. Hello, my happy purple people. I know someone has already posted this, but I am slap happy, so I am going to do it again. I finally found the two Spark singles. Of all the classic rock songs to cover, A Case of You, Thank You, and Angie are all wonderful. But did Tori have to pick Do It Again? I never liked Steely Dan, even if they did have the chutzpah to name themselves after a dildo. To her credit, Tori's cover has a nice groove to it, and I like it more than the original, which probably isn't saying much. I don't know if you guys noticed it or not, but I think that Surrender Then Start Your Engines from Liquid Diamonds sounds a lot like the uh 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 uhs at the beginning and at the end she says you do it again like that and it's coming back again but i think i know why she chose that song 
From what I recall of Steely Dan and Do It Again, with its chorus of, you go back, Jack, do it again, wheels turning round and round, the song's about reincarnation. And in the third song of the single, Cooling, from what I can pick out of the lyrics, Tori's singing to her lost baby, as in Playboy Mommy. So Spark could be considered a theme single, with two songs about the miscarriage and a third about reincarnation. Come to think of it, there's Shimmy Wants and Do It Again, and She's Your Cocaine, and Say You Don't Want It Again and Again. Anyway, take care. Bye-bye. Welcome back to the lounge, David. Mm, I'm ready. I've been working on my lounge act. Well, I hope you do it and then do it again. <laughs> Just for you, I will. Specifically for this episode, I've installed slot machines along the wall so we can play around before we leave. Mm, does this explain the handle in my hand? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> and we'll have time to play a little too because this song does not have an extensive live history, unfortunately. This song has only been played three times in total in Tori Amos's career thus far, not counting the upcoming tour. Mm-mm. How does that make you feel? Deprived. Uh, I thought we were going to say surprised. Surprised no. and deprived. I guess I'm a little surprised. Only a little? It's so typical of her. She sings ad nauseum, do it again, and then she never does. <laughs> she never does it again. Well, while this song has certainly attained rarity status would you agree cult status extreme rarity status is five or less Mm -hmm. right so since this song is absolutely an extreme rarity it's delightful for me to know that i've heard it one time live and probably the only time i'll ever hear it live so should we get into it let's do it take me there you know the song itself david has not appeared anywhere else in her catalog however mention of the song appears in her catalog (laughs) officially in the welcome to sunny florida video my friend kelly akashi who's an acclaimed artist is also a tory fan and this appeared in the welcome to sunny florida dvd i really like merman but uh my favorite cover she's ever done is do it again and i wish to god she would play it if she please would (laughs) and i know she can (laughs) she was hunting for that song and she never gave up hope they're at the last show. <laughs> yeah, like she's going to work up a brand new cover for the DVD taping. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're less naive now than we were then. But we were so full of hope. I know. The folly of youth. The jolly of youth, too. That, too. The jolly rancher of youth. Mm. The title of your mm. autobiography. It's a holly jolly folly. Harry Potter and the jolly rancher of youth. Don't mention Harry Potter to me. Why? I didn't say J.K. Rowling. Well, same thing. Can you separate an artist from their art? Nope. Nope. We prove here weekly that we can't. Weekly's a stretch. (laughs) We prove it here bi-monthly. After much begging from Kelly Akashi, finally, Tori did this song in Montreal, Quebec on August 26, 2005. Do you remember when I was on the entire Summer of Sin tour? God, I do. It was so hot. It was so hot. Do you question why I didn't see this song in 2005? Well, did you not make it to Canada? Well, I took four shows off in order to move to California Mm. because I was going to UCLA. And those four shows happened to encompass Montreal. And that's what I deserve. 
Did you regret it instantly when you saw the set list? Uh, instantly. Instantly. That night. I wanted to die. Mm. Well, at least you didn't overreact. I thought that was an appropriate reaction. <laughs> She's saying, do it again. I can't go on. Anyway, I feel people understand what I'm saying. Roll it, Oliver. was 2005 and that was the only time we'd hear this song until 10 years later nearly to the day august 8th 2015 in lumulen germany at a festival show roll that oliver Germany. It was hot summer again. She no doubt had Wienerblut on her mind. Wienerblut. <laughs> Wienerblut. 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 And since that 2015 festival show, she's only done it one other time. And that I finally caught the elusive do it again. I finally caught her. Mm. With your big butterfly net? Yes. With my big do it again net. Mm-hmm. And that was in New Orleans, Louisiana on November 14th, 2017. Still one of my top three shows of all time. An amazing show, and here she here's do it again. Now you swear in kicking babies that you're not the gambling man. 
show was shocking it was shocking she was sick that night yet she found a way to perform she was sick and that show was sick that show was sick yeah completely abandoned her standing set list and just did whatever she could mm-hmm. and like which she, a lot of low-end songs and you know we love a low end she didn't do whatever she could she did whatever she wanted yeah she did whatever she wanted that's what i meant she can only do what she wants therefore she did whatever she could <laughs> whatever she could like I'll do whatever I want. You know? Yeah. She was like, you never did. You never could. You're full of shit. But here you go. Do it again. (laughs) Oh, God. Well, that was a short trip to the lounge. It sure was. A brief but memorable stay. You want to play around? A round of slots? Can we? I get so sad when they turn the lights on and we have to shuffle out. Last call. We hope you've enjoyed your visit to the AMOS Live Lounge. Goodbye. did it and then we did it again david should we do it a third time yeah hey everybody you're listening to drive all night the songs of tori amos <laughs> i'm your host Stephen jr and i'm david anderson this is the song so nice we chat about it thrice thrice what do you think david do you like the song more less or the same i like it more do you like steely dan more less or the same more me too thomas was really insightful thank you thomas when you know better you do better and like steely dan better isn't that what they say absolutely Yeah, that's a saying that I've read before. I saw that on a bumper sticker. And I feel like Thomas is our new friend. Like, we can bridge the classical rock divide, like the classic rock. Like, we could go to a Steely Dan concert now. Yeah, and be accepted. And move seamlessly among them. Yeah, they would never know. They would never notice we're not part of the in crowd. Yeah, we can be like Steely Dan daywalkers. I feel like if Tori Amos walked into a Steely Dan concert, like trying to fit in, like, or sorry, do it again. If the, if her cover of Do It Again walked into a Steely Dan concert trying to fit in, it would have like a giant hat, big sunglasses, like a black coat. That's how I feel Do It Again fits into the Steely Dan I'm not even joking. Covers. That's what I was picturing too. When we're personifying yeah. this song, if she walked in, she would basically be like Carmen Sandiego. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Or Karen Walker when she's Anastasia Beaverhausen. Anastasia Beaverhausen at Taco Time. <laughs> 
<laughs> um, if you like what we do, please visit us at patreon.com slash songs of Tori Amos, where you can become a supporter today. We are really knocking out episodes this the rest of this year, so you might want to be a supporter because all of our little Earthquakes B-sides right now are Patreon only. If you really like what we do, head over to our social media pages, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, at Songs of Tori Amos. Yes, we went back to Facebook because the tour's coming up and you can't tour without Facebook, unfortunately. Turns out, if you are a super fan of an upcoming track and want to be on the show, leave us a voicemail at 323-296-9955 or email us at songsoftoryamiss at gmail.com. If you go to songsoftoryamiss.com, you can sign up for our newsletter and hear all about everything. And please subscribe to our other shows, Tour All Night, which is going to be a little bit more active now leading up to the tour and never shut up, which has never shut up. So head over there and subscribe. Ugh, I'm exhausted. Well, you better rest up because we've got to go looking for the man who stole my water. David, just get another bottle. You have all those bottles in your fridge. That was my favorite one. (laughs) Well, David, this has been fun and we should do it again, but with a different song. We should. How about, I don't know, Never Seen Blue? Yeah, I was thinking about skipping over cooling. What do you think? Okay. She's so elusive, you know. Like, she was going to be on this season of Drive All Night, and she told us to fuck off. Yeah. We'll just excise her like she's the Brambles Bridge. Cooling who? Cooling knows what she did. Never heard of her. I still don't know her. Maybe she didn't (laughs) like to hear. Well, that's too bad. Neither did I. Just kidding. We'll be cooling all night long. Well, this was fun, David. We'll talk to you next time. Okay. Bye. Bye.
Drive All Night is a production of the Sideways Society. For more information and links to things mentioned in this episode, please visit us online at songsoftoriamis.com. And I wish to God she would play it if she please would. <laughs> and I know she can. <laughs>